Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase. An ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at UASPR.org. This episode is titled Relationship with God as Deity, as Father, as Friend. Higher Relationships with Each Other. Here is Gabriel of Urantia. Relationship with God as Deity, as Father, as Friend. Understanding positive and negative energies. Male, female, genders. Feeling the presence of God in the Trinity circuitry, the absolutes of cosmic gender and relationship to triunity and triodity. On a human perspective, I give my opinion. The Urantia book says that throughout time and space and all the inhabited worlds, all the higher beings of all the trillions of inhabited worlds call the first source and center the Universal Father. At some point in your evolution and your spiritual ascension, you begin to know God as a Father. A Father can be both Father and friend to His children, as us parents know, but He has to be first and foremost Father above friend. What's the difference? A friend will overlook one's faults and not try to change you. Whereas a father has the responsibility of raising the child, and God the Father is our eternal Father, raising us until finality, which can be over a period of several million years. Hopefully, by then, We will be perfect in every aspect as an ascending mortal who has reached finale status, who is then sent back to the evolutionary worlds of time and space to raise all of the children that he had, talking about male finalities here, when he was in human form and procreated sons and daughters on many planets of time and space. And so your responsibility continues. Once you have children and you remain their spiritual elder, then you're always responsible for them forevermore. The Durantia book teaches very clearly the difference between positive and negative energies, which coordinate those energies with celestial beings of all different types, including angels, of course. They are either positive, which we can consider on this very low level, on an evolutionary world, male energy, and negative, female energy. Not that one is better than the other, but each is unique and has a different purpose, and both complement each other. Billions of people want a relationship with God, or they don't want any relationship at all. Or they want relationship with God in their own different and individual way. 
So they all relate to God differently. As the verse goes, many paths to God, many ways to God. That's true. But there is a higher way and the highest way. Here we live on a fallen world where there are so many paths. Some want to relate to only God as a force or as an energy and don't relate to God as a personality. In order to relate to God as a father, you have to understand God as a personality, meaning the first and primal personality, the great and first I am. It is God who bestows personality to us, the first personality. And part of him is given to each and every one of his free will creatures, human mortals and non-human mortals, celestial beings of all various kinds of orders. All are given parts of the personality of the great and one I am, God the Father. Relating to God as a friend can be good or bad, depending upon the ascension of the soul who's relating to God that way. For instance, some see friends as those that you can take from and get from. So in this sense, God as a friend becomes someone you can come to when you want something, not when you want to give something. God then becomes your great giver. But a true friend is someone who gives to the other friend, not takes from the other friend, and who stands by that friend through thick and thin. So if you are a weak friend and a taker, your concept of God will always be weak, and you can never learn to trust God because deep down inside, you don't trust yourself because you're a taker. And you can never trust another person either. So you can never trust, really, another friend. You don't trust them because you're not trustworthy. Some only want to see God in nature, but not inside us, not inside you. So you cannot hear, then, the voice of God within you because God is always outside you. And something else has nothing to do with you. I've heard it said so many times, well, my, my church is out here in nature. My God's out here in nature. Yes, that's partly true, but not totally true. God is not only in you, which you have to realize, but God's also in you, and in you, and in you, and in all who you meet. Until you understand that truth, guess what? You will not hear God speaking to you in a very clear, decisive manner through someone else. God can speak right to you, particularly those that are ascended spiritually higher than you. God uses them as instruments to speak to you. Yes, God at times can use a little child to speak to you if you're open to listen. 
and hear what the child is saying. And God would definitely speak to you through an ascended master, a human soul, or a friend that knows more truth about a certain thing than you do. God friendships, very important. So you miss God talking to you if you don't understand that God talks to you through others. You miss God 50% of your day, maybe more, particularly when you are hard of hearing and you think you know so much because you're always talking, not listening. Today on earth, there's quite confusion between the male and the female genders. The imbalanced man is afraid to become more feminine, more creative, more artistic, because they see creative men and artists as too feminine. Back in my neighborhood, we call them sissies. I told you the story of my father. He was a macho man, a Marine, steel worker. And uh, when he heard I was going to the Pittsburgh Playhouse acting, he called me to his side and said, son, I heard you're going out there and going to school with all those sissies. I quit. Next day. That was a big mistake on my part and a big mistake on my father's. In slang talk, men can be described in the nature, Indian astrology, as wolves. And women, in the nature of cats. And there's a lot of truth to that. In the sexual arena, the man is usually the aggressor. And the woman, submissive. Yet there are men who are far more feminine than a lot of women. And there are women who are far more masculine than men. Now, (laughs) this is not how it should be, but it's a fact. When there was broken circuitry of the Trinity circuits happening in the fallen mind of mortals, there's broken circuitry between father circuits, son circuits, and mother circuits. The Trinity circuitry. Here, the Trinity is broken. A woman should not become a soldier. It's turning women into wolves. It is teaching them to fight. And that is the responsibility of the father and son circuits that should be doing the fighting, not females. The woman, to be a true ascending daughter, needs to become more soft and vulnerable. The man, to become truly a man, has to move into his masculinity in the father and son circuits. I say often, what makes a man? Becoming a carpenter, a mechanic, a weightlifter. Is that what makes you a man? How come you open up some of those books, you see these big men, these big masculine bodies, and you look at their face, and you look at them, tune in to them and their souls, they're females. The feminine. When a truly balanced man, balanced man and a balanced woman, come into contact with each other, the positive and negative energies, they become polar opposites, extremes. Extremes, then, can be compliments. Man, woman. What is happening now? 
particularly in Western civilization, is the breakdown of the Trinity circuitry, men becoming more feminine and women becoming more masculine. Only when they are polar opposites can they become true friends. Enough has to be opposite to one another so that they can complement each other in conversation, in communication, in service to God and humanity, and become husband and wife. If they are unbalanced in their own circuitry that God intended them to be, and once you're created a man, you will always be a man. Once you're created a woman, you'll always be a woman. Once female, always female. Once male, always male in every life, in every incarnation, forever. Every ascended master would tell you the same thing. Rajneesh, Gorchev, Krishnamurti, on and on and on. Once man, always man. Once woman, always woman. Your answer book, same truth. If they are unbalanced in their own circuitry, they try to have a relationship, two females, two males, <laughs> there's always going to be conflict. Always conflict. And it, just an, uh, even an imbalanced man with an imbalanced female, they will be fighting with, with each other all the time to prove that they are correct in their thinking. There'll be no submission to the other one. Because a true woman needs to submit to the man. And a true man needs to love and honor the wife. Now, with that understanding, there's submission on both parts. There truly is. But you got two, <laughs> you got the woman that's too masculine arguing with the man. And the man doesn't want argument from his wife. He doesn't want someone coming on, a woman coming on strong to him as a man. It will only cause continued conflict, no matter what the physical gender, the physical gender, the psychological gender can be confused. In this teaching today, I can't get in completely to the truth of triunities and triodities, but it's a beautiful teaching. But let me say this. It has to do with relationships and associations, and even relationships with non-personality. So types of relationships have to do with the triunities, or on this world, a relationship with mother, father, sister, brother, son, daughters who also can be compliments to you, not just husband, wife. Triodities, well, they have more to do with experiencing God in non-personality, besides personality. If I try to relate this to you right now in this fallen world, triunities, the association of feeling God, the presence of God in a flower, feminine, presence, or a mountain, masculine presence, an oak tree, male, a weeping willow tree, female. Certain music notes are more dominant 
They're even called dominant. Male and majors, minor, female. Certain colors are more female, pink, yellow, pastel shades. Male, blacks, dark grays, bored colors. So here back on Earth, <laughs> we try to have relationships with each other, and all of us, every one of us, and those that are trying to have those relationships with each other are defunct mechanisms. I've said this over the years over and over again. Defunct mechanisms. That's what we are. We're defunct. In our thinking, in our behaviors, in our associations with one another. Defunct. Because we're living on a fallen world with evil, sin, and inequity that resides in all of us at various levels. My father, this beautiful man that he was, too macho. The Marines did him in, <laughs> in many ways. The war did him in. So he couldn't see me becoming an actor. No wonder it's hard to get along with each other. No wonder it's hard to communicate. No wonder we have wars with each other. No wonder governments war with each other. No wonder. We don't communicate. We can't communicate. <laughs> we don't know how. All there's schools of communication. That teaches you one form of communication. But communication and the Trinity circuitry, that's a whole other ballgame. And as an, an administrator, and that's what I do, and that's what I am, I know the value of good, clear communication. And I see the breakdown of communication all the time. But you can't communicate with somebody when they're in a different consciousness. It's hard. It's so hard. I can repeat the same thing over and over again, but it goes one ear and out the other. When they're in a different psychic circle, it goes in one ear and out the other. They hear what they want to hear. Or they hear based upon truth that they have at the moment. So my responsibility is to be concise as possible. Can you repeat that back to me? You hear me say often, what did I say? Repeat it back. And so hopefully in life, you do find the polar opposite. And they become your lifelong friend, which can also be your spiritual complement your husband or wife. Hopefully, that will happen for you. You find, if you're female, a balanced man. And if you're a male, a balanced woman. A compliment. But even then, you got to continue growing spiritually or the communication will break down. So this thing about to death do us part, forget about it. There's no to death do us part unless both are growing spiritually together. And the male more than the female. Because the male's responsibility is to be father, son, leader, teacher to the female. That setup is in paradise. 
So the moment the communication breaks down and continues to continue breaking down, separation and divorce is inedible. Inevitable. It has to happen. Or you will live together <laughs> in the existence of non-communication. Non-communication then becomes the reality. You procrastinate getting divorced. Tell your story. It was an older couple that they knew when they were young that they should get divorced. They had five children. They fought like cats and dogs. But because of the children, they decided, as we hear all the time, that not to get divorced. Finally, when each one of them was 95 years old each, they come to the attorney who knew them, knew that they had five kids, all grown. As a matter of fact, Tony said, why did you wait so long? You're both 95 years old. You were having problems 80 years ago. And they said, well, we wanted to wait till our children were dead. That is the height of procrastination. <laughs> the moment communication breaks down, and your marriage is over. If you can't communicate, you don't have a marriage. You might have sex, but that's not a marriage. Don't confuse sex with marriage. Two different things. Marriage is a complementary relationship spiritually between two people. That's what true marriage is. It's not getting married by the Justice of the Peace in Las Vegas. It's not even getting married by a minister here in Western civilization. It's communication and a commitment to each other. That's what it is. And continued commitment, continued communication. When that breaks down, marriage is gone. Let me close with this Urantia book quote from page 1262, which nobody is going to understand when I read it, because you're going to have to digest it. But if you go to page 1262, you can read it again, over and over again. The three absolutes of potentiality are operative on the purely eternal level of the cosmos. Hence, never function as such on sub-absolute levels. On the descending levels of reality, the triodity of potentiality is manifest with the ultimate. And upon the supreme, the potential may fail to time actualize with respect to a part on some sub-absolute level, but never in the aggregate. Isn't that easy? <laughs> because if your understanding of a friend is what it should be, then God truly is a friend. Thank you, and God bless you. Vanetics with Gabriel of Urantia and Neon Emerson Chase. An ongoing series of lectures and teachings on spiritual leadership, personal change, and the principles of divine administration. Part of the curriculum of the University of Ascension Science and the Physics of Rebellion. More information can be found at uaspr.org.